0: A Rich Tradition, College Football Podcast is now live. And welcome back to A Rich Tradition, the College Football Podcast. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. I'm your host, Robbie Steltonpole, and my boy Spencer, who is normally here with us, um, got caught up with work um, tonight, unfortunately. And I, unfortunately, will not be available Wednesday or the rest of the week. So we had to go ahead and make do with this to get some content out. Because, guys, it is week one. It is week one of the college football season. We are done with week zero games, which I I still think we're engaging and fun. Um, We'll talk a little bit about that at the beginning or in a minute. Um, And we're going to do a draft. Um, Spencer and I have already made our decisions of our draft picks for a um, college football playoff draft, which we'll talk about here in a minute of the rules. And we'll end tonight with the picks for the weekend, uh, along with your picks of your um, favorite game that uh, you're looking forward to. So first, though, I wanted to have a little opening rant, which this is essentially, I mean, this is all me. So I get to rant all I want. But opening rant, and that is about overreactions for Week 0 and Week 1. Um, I think that if we look back at this past week, uh, we, you can walk away with some really hardcore hot takes. One, Scott Frost is definitely getting fired after his uh, buyout splits in half early in the first week of October. Uh, UNC is going to get thrown on by everybody in the country that they play. Illinois is going to have a great season and compete for the Big Ten West, and Vandy is going to is going to finish in the middle of the pack in the SEC East. Now, some of those things may be true. All of those things will not be true. But we come up with these hard we come up with these hard hot takes after week zero and week one, and we like I guarantee you regardless. Of if it's small or big, if Notre Dame loses Ohio State this weekend, there will be a group of people who don't really watch college football often who will say that Notre Dame was overrated. And they're always overrated and some garbage like that. Well, they've been nationally relevant more times than most of the teams that you probably cheer for in the last 10 years. They've been in the playoffs, what, three times? To- no, yeah, they've played for a national title or been in the running for a national title three times in the last 10 years. And that's kudos to them. But, because of where the AP voters put them, which has nothing to do with Notre Dame itself, they'll get called overrated. They'll get destroyed. If Utah goes into Florida and plays a jack-to-the-nine, reinvented Florida team, who everyone thinks Florida stinks this year, but if they looked at their roster and looked at the blue-chip ratio, they would realize that this team last year that had such a poor record should have been a nine and three team last year, maybe ten and two. But if Utah loses, then Utah's out of the playoff, they have no chance. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Or if Utah goes in there and beats Florida, it'd be that like, see, Florida's gonna suck even without if Napier couldn't fix it. Well, that's not necessarily true either. So we constantly build these narratives and hot takes based off week zero and week one games. And it's really just kind of funny. It doesn't frustrate me anymore. It's just funny because I just sit back and I just wait. Now for me, I did a really responsible thing and I released what I'm calling the Be Great Poll. And I gave my first dose of it a couple days ago. And... It is re- this is really just a way for me to show show you where my head's at week to week. And for week zero, or going into week one, I have some questions about teams, including my own fan, including, including the team that I'm a fan of. And so I have this as my top ten, going from one to ten. Bama, Ohio State, Utah. Georgia, Michigan, Baylor, a and Notre Dame, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Now, there are people who will push back on the Utah-UGA thing, and, and I'm okay with that. Like You can not like that all you want, but I really like Utah right now. And they're returning enough players on both sides of the ball that I'm excited and feel pretty confident in who they are as a team and UGA, I, as much as I'm excited to see this offense, I'm excited to see this, this young group on defense, I need to see Kirby reload after losing, what, five or six first-round picks on defense. I just need to see it. And after the Oregon game, if they handle business well, I'll probably make a move there. Or if Utah loses, I will definitely make a move there but as i as i'm and I say all this, I'm just mentioning the fact that whether it's josh pate or e s p n or Fox or whoever it is that you listen to or watch, everyone is just shooting in the dark right now, and when they whenever they get whenever they uh get through week one, it is almost as if they've been in the dark, and then all of a sudden <clears throat> someone turns on just a light of uh, a light of a section of the room that they're in. And they immediately started taking shots at that one spot in the light. But they're not seeing the whole picture. They're only seeing a piece of it. Myself included. And so I am really excited for week one. But I I have to be honest. I am not really excited for this just like over-the-top reactions to all these teams. (laughs) Following Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's games. Which is also really exciting because there are Saturday. There are games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Whew! It's gonna be so good. Now, so enough of that. Just to, again little little uh, little rant about overreactions. First week of uh, first give of, uh, of, I want to say school of the season. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about some week zero stuff really quickly. Just just Nebraska, you know. They had a double digit lead twice in that game. They let they let this game get out of ha- get away from them. Uh, Scott Frost kicked an onside kick with 8 minutes to go in the third quarter when he probably shouldn't had when he had 11 point lead. His defense was was doing pretty darn well at the time. And then you put your defense in a tough spot because you don't get it and they lose the game. And a lot of people blame the onside kick for the loss. I can tell you right now, the onside kick is not the reason why they lost that game. The reason why they lost that game is because they let Ryan Helensky dink and dunk on him for the almost the entire second half. And also, they could not execute plays. Like Frost throwing his offensive coordinator, you know, his team under the bus. Uh, I mean, I get it. He, you know, and he I don't know if y'all knew this. He, like, he's the run game coordinator, so like he's part of that equation. So I I imagine he was including himself. But There were plays that were open. They just weren't executed. Whether it was Casey Thompson, you know, overthrowing or underthrowing, but also, there were players who didn't catch the ball. There were players who ran the wrong routes. This continues to be a team that is undisciplined. And that continues to be the problem under Scott Frost. And... Just one more stat before, because I don't know what's going to happen to him. I still think they have a good team. I still think Casey Thompson is a better quarterback for this system than Martinez was. Um, but I also think Adrian, I, th- I also think Ryan Helensky at Northwestern is better than probably a lot of people gave him credit for. And we'll see how that goes, though, because look, just like what we talked about before with uh, Graham Mertz against uh, Illinois, that one that that week one game. Where he just diced them all over the place. Well, we fast forward. We're questioning why he's still the quarterback. So as we talked about, overreactions can occur. I I don't know what's truth. I just am not gonna I'm not gonna throw in throw in the bucket yet on uh, Scott Frost because I, I want him to succeed. But you you can't get around the numbers, and you can't get around the fact that there's a culture there of being undisciplined, which is really frustrating. Also, just. It's just funny that even if he won the ne- if Scott Frost won the next fifty games straight, he still would not have as many wins as Bo Pelini did <laughs> at Nebraska. Um, that's just unfortunate. Um, okay, so let's just really quick talk about North Carolina. I am a little worried about their defensive backfield. Um, you let Famu kind of throw all over you a little bit. Yes, you won kind of comfortably, but still, it was a concern. Um, Vandy, I don't know what to expect about Vandy. They have three running backs who are really good, and they have a quarterback who can run. He can't throw, but he can run. Don't know what that means for Vandy in the long haul, but it was it was fun at least to watch. So, enough of Week Zero. Let's talk about what the season ahead is going to look like for us. So Spencer and I came up with this idea of having a playoff draft. And it's really simple, actually. Uh, We will pick four teams apiece tonight. Um, We have already texted back and forth and picked those games, uh, picked those teams, which I'll share with you in a minute, uh, in every quarter of the season. So in three weeks, uh, the first quarter marker and so on and so forth, we will say, hey, I want to cut this team to pick up another team. But here's a stipulation, or a couple of stipulations. Once you cut a team, you can't pick them back up. Your opponent can, but you cannot. And if you drop a team, you have to pick up another team. So, um, those are kind of like the basic rules. And we didn't really come up with any rule as far as conference or anything like that. But... I still think this will be an interesting. I think this is gonna be interesting just going forward. (laughs) I'm definitely interested what happens with these uh, with these draft picks. So I can't really do any like sound effects. Like I'm not good at that. But I will try to uh, go through this quickly so I'm not wasting your time, but still give you information uh, about why these teams are picked. So I gave Spencer the first pick. He was just having a rough day, so I wanted I wanted to be kind, and I just gave him the first pick, and he picked Ohio State. Um you you understand why he picked Ohio State? He probably has the best quarterback in the country. I it, it for me at least, CJ Stroud is my number one quarterback. I, I would take him over Bryce Young. It is it is close, but I would take CJ Stroud. Um and they had the best wide receiver core in the country. They have an incredible running back in Henderson, their O line is gross. Um, yes, there are questions on the defensive side of the ball, but if you are able, with that offense, to put up 40 points a game, it's going to be really hard for someone to beat you, um, especially with their schedule. Um, and and also, we have to be clear, this is not to win the title. This is to make the playoff. So those two, that, that distinction matters in picking this. Um, so he picked Ohio State. I picked Bama. There was no way that those weren't going to be the first two picks. I picked Bama. Uh I have the second best quarterback in the country. I have, um, a probably probably the best running back in the country, in Jameer Gibbs. I don't know. Have a have a hopefully a fixed offensive line issue, and they already they you know got a new coach. Now they have hopefully the the right offensive line. Uh, they've made some great improvements on the wide receivers. We've already talked about this before. But the thing that I, the reason why I feel pretty comfortable picking Bama is because their defense. Is gonna be so gross. They may not be what Georgia was last year. I don't think they have to be, but they will. They will probably cause more havoc and get more of those kind of stats like turnovers and sacks than Georgia did last year. Even though Georgia had you know this elite group, um, Will Anderson, uh, DJ, and. Um, Oh, my gosh. This is where Spencer's here to help me because I've forgotten a name. Uh, Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner are just going to eat folks alive. Um, The linebacker core should be much better. Um, The the youth that was there at linebacker last year that hindered them at times should be rectified, and their defensive backfield, as we've already talked about, has been like they just went to the portal and fixed, fixed some of these issues. And Battle is back to play safety, who should be super helpful for them, or corner. Uh, wherever they decide to place him because Bama <laughs> laid out their depth chart and there was like five dudes listed for starting cornerbacks. Um, Elias Ricks, who has maybe not picked up everything the way that, you know, everyone expected him to as quickly as he did. Um, you know, that's just what happens sometimes whenever you go to a a different defensive system like he did. Uh, I still think that this defense is going to be one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country, with with just how much havoc they're going to cause. So, Bama Bama to uh, Spencer picked Clemson next. Um, I, This has to be because their defensive line is going to be the best in the country, and he just has belief in Dabo and that DJ, DJ just had a bad offensive line last year, which he did, and he had wide receivers that were basically just t- giant giants who could not who who couldn't get separation um but we expect them to bounce back this year next I, I mean there's no way i couldn't i picked uga so in my in my mind i have the sec locked down one of these two teams is making the playoff um and you already know how i feel about georgia their their offense is going to be the highlight uh, stetson bennett is the quarterback he should be the quarterback and until until he has a three pick game against someone, I'm still saying that he should be the quarterback at the University of Georgia, and I have faith in him because again we won a national title with him. And the defense would be well. No, the defense did well. No, the defense didn't didn't throw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to win the game. He did. So, um, he did great. I'm excited for the team. This defense is very young. It's one of my concerns about them. Uh, the line specifically at middle linebacker. I'm very curious as to who's going to end. I think it's going to be Dumas Jackson, and I uh, uh, can't remember who the other. It's going to be a, another youngster playing middle linebacker, and then out at the, this year though the defensive backfield, even even losing, uh, Le- LeCount not LeCount, uh, losing um, our boy uh, the Dreads, uh, <laughs> scene Lewis scene losing Lewis scene, even though losing him this defensive backfield will probably be better than it was last year uh, just because there won't be inexperience and liability out at the corners, which was, unfortunately, at times what the corners were, were liabilities. Um, So then Spencer kind of threw me off here. Uh, he, he picked Oklahoma. Now, this is probably also because of the easy road that Oklahoma has, even though they go to Nebraska, which, as we already talked about, may not be a big game, big deal now. Um, but he is just probably dialing in into Lebby and Dylan Gabriel, which I get because they still have talent. We already talked about this. Um, And then I I picked the team that I have a huge crush on, and that's Utah. Um, Utah is a team that I believe in. They have a lot of returning. They have the most consistent coaching staff in the country. And they may have one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country outside of Setzen Bennett and Cam Rising. Um, Then Spencer... He had to get. He had to get his hand in the SEC. Some um, he took AM. and and this is just. I imagine this is just trying to take one of those flyers in the SEC who he knows they have the talent. He knows that they have the opportunity this year, especially with the schedule. If if they are if they can be dominant and just the game, it, it, just to come down to them or Bama, like if they go eleven and one and their only loss is at Bama. Like, there's a really good chance AM can get in the playoffs. So, I, I get why he picked them. And then I, I finish it off with Michigan. Michigan's going to be way more talented than people give them credit for this year. They they think that just because they lost Ajabo and um, Hutchinson that their defense isn't going to be good, and that's just not true at all. So, that is our draft. Spencer took Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and AM. I took Bama, UGA, Utah, and Michigan. Um... Would love your feedback on what you think. Who would who would be your four teams? Um, Texas, you know. Post on the post on the link that we when we share this. Uh, what you think? Uh, I would actually. I would truly would loved to, love to hear this. Um, okay, so this is gonna be a quicker episode, even though I'm the one babbling here, and I'm gonna find probably find a way to still make it long. Um, let's get into these games. Let's get into Week One games. And, and I asked the question for the listeners, um, on Facebook at least. Um, I have some other answers from other people that um, I, of course, don't have in front of me. Uh, but I'll share the Facebook ones. Um, my boy, Travis Long. Love you, Trav. Uh, he said, outside of... Oh, and the question was, what is one game you can't miss outside of your fan leaning? Uh, Travis said, outside of UGA, Oregon, Cincinnati, Arkansas. Probably interests me the most. I think that is probably going to be one of the most fun games, um, if Cincinnati can be a team that reloads in a way, because if they can, I completely agree with this. Um, also, I'm so curious to see what this Arkansas team looks like um, now that they have they have they have try try to reload as well. Um, Brendan Parker, uh, what's up, man? Uh, says Notre Dame versus Ohio State. I think that's a great pick. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, Nicholas Pepper, my pastor, says outside of the Red Sox game, why even turn on the TV? You know, that's a really good question, Nick. Um, you know, not of us are not all of us are baseball fans like you are. Um, and then Cody Dan, my guy, uh, says the Dallas Cowboys of college versus Ohio State. I'm not going to take that bait. I've already said what I had to say earlier about Notre Dame. I'll just say he's talking about Notre Dame versus Ohio State. And, yes, that is going to be a really, really good game. Um, actually, so for me, I like I, I didn't necessarily do this. I didn't pick a game. But just because we're here, uh, I would probably say outside of the Georgia game, the game I'm most looking forward to is, I mean, it's, it's 100%. It's Penn State versus Purdue. Like, and that'll be the first game that I actually talk about tonight. Penn State at Purdue. It's Thursday night. It is at Purdue. We have we have O'Connell returning for Purdue and this this offense that we just assume will have wide receivers, and I've even said this, we'll have the shifty playmaking wide receivers that are three stars that <laughs> Jeff Brom just turns into superstars in some form or fashion. Uh... Hopefully, as we talked about, having a cereal bag defense, which is just a little for those that are new listening to the show. All I mean by that is that they're just they're a little tough to open. <laughs> they don't have to be impossible. They they but they can't be paper thin soft. They can't be toilet paper or paper or paper towels. They need to be cereal bag saw a hard on defense. Um, and they're playing a Penn State team that has a lot to prove. This I think I saw the stat in his last 22 games. James Franklin is 11 and 11. I would write a lot of that off to the weirdness of COVID and how 2020 affected both that season and his 21 and his 21 season. But that doesn't matter. What matters is production on the field. And so when we go into this game this weekend, like I'm I'm excited to see what what is real about Purdue. And what is real about Penn State? Because I stand by the fact that I do not think that Sean Clifford can take Penn State to win the Big Ten. I think they are limited with him. However, I can't get around the fact that they have talent across the board. But you telling you're telling me opening week, they have they essentially have the opening game of the weekend. Purdue does. It, they're hosting they're hosting it opening week. And I I think I'm going to take the I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to take the upset with Penn State losing to Purdue. I just I'm going to believe that Purdue is going to have this offense and that they can just play a little bit better defense and Sean Clifford is still a problem and yeah, I'm going to go with the upset. Purdue um, wins this game, uh, Spencer actually took Penn State, and, and and I can make an argument for them. Like Penn State has got talent all over the board. They got Noah Kane at D, uh, at, uh, at running back, um, and they have and and they did announce Sean Clifford as the starter um, earlier. I think yesterday or today I'm recording this Tuesday night, and and he's going to lean on James Franklin needing to win, and I I agree that they do need to win, but I think. This could be kind of a wake-up, not a wake-up. This is just going to be like a, kind of a punch in the gut for them because Purdue is going to be ready. Purdue has probably been preparing for this all summer in a way that most teams, like Georgia just started preparing for Oregon this week. Purdue probably started preparing for Penn State in January. <laughs> like, I just I, I just expect them to be ready, and I, it's just going to be so hype. In West La- Lafayette, um, or uh, actually, I think it's Ross Ad Stadium, Ross Aid Stadium. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, they're just gonna be rocking. I'm giving them the victory here. Penn State's a three and a half point favorite, and Spencer's taking them. Okay, next let's go to West Virginia and Pitt. The backyard brawl. We have two former uh, USC quarterbacks playing against each other in Pittsburgh. We have Kevin Slovis at uh, at Pitt playing against West Virginia with JT Daniels. Pitt's a seven-half-point favorite. Okay. Um, I, I... I don't have a strong leaning on this game. Um, and Spencer didn't give me his pick here, so I'm going to ask for it real quick. Um, and so hopefully he'll be able to respond to me. But... Uh, like Pittsburgh is lost their best quarterback. They lost, you know, they lost one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They lost the best wide receiver in the country, in Jordan Addison. Uh, West Virginia is believed to have turned this around. They have dudes to throw to. They have a, hopefully a better offensive line. Um, and, and, and Pittsburgh with the comments about their, their like their coach saying that they're going to get back to running the ball more and not throwing it as much. I just this this game is either going to be a close win by West Virginia or a beatdown by Pitt. And it's at Pitt, first game of the season. West Virginia probably is not ready for that physicality on the offensive and defensive lines in Pittsburgh. So so give me Pitt and, and and also I just if West Virginia didn't fix their offensive line issues like Pittsburgh is gonna make them expedite that process very quickly, um, and JT Daniels is gonna crumble like a like a freaking gingerbread cookie, because um, he's just I mean he he is just uh, he is not soft in the negative sense he is just he is just injury prone. I think that is just what it comes down to. So I'm gonna go with Pitt. When and when Spencer texts me back his result, I'll I'll share his answer, but we'll keep going. Um, next, let's go to Saturday night. LSU versus FSU. Now, I I said in our little preview of each conference, I said that FSU was in the the wings, and I said LSU was possibly in the Tier 1. They have the talent to play in the playoff, and I still believe that. And it does seem like we're closer to Jaden Daniels being the starter, which I hope, but it's Brian Kelly, and if you don't know him from Notre Dame, he will play two quarterbacks in a game. He is not afraid to do any of that. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with LSU I think LSU has I think they have the best wide receiver core in the SEC probably the second best in the country they will be too much for FSU I want FSU to show out and play well but I, I just I, I personally just think that LSU's defensive line is di- disgusting their O-line should be fixed because the transfers, they have, an inc- they have a great O-line, they have great wide receivers and the DBs I think the DBs are going to be fine too I really do think the transfer portal is going to help that, but I also don't think FSU is going to be able to air it out on them anyway, because I don't think they have the dudes to do that, regardless. So, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, I'm going to take LSU. Spencer took LSU as well, um, so no argument there. Um, next, we got Clemson against Georgia Tech. I, I'm actually going to this game. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, going with some friends. One is from Cle- went to Clemson. One went to Georgia Tech. Uh, so I'll wear something purple just to not get. I'm not wearing. I'm not that guy who wears Georgia stuff to opposing teams playing each other. Just to be that guy. I don't. I don't find the need in having tension or issues. I want to go and enjoy the game. And I don't. I just don't enjoy talking trash to people openly um so i'm gonna go lisa's gonna wear something probably something gold or georgia tech um to support georgia tech and i'm gonna pick clemson to win this game georgia tech's a dumpster fire um they have they they failed to realize what they had in paul johnson and they did not give him the backing that he needed and they hired a guy who was a used car salesman who was really good at recruiting but not a really good head coach and I, I feel bad about this because I was all about Jeff Collins whenever he first got there. I defended him his first two two years there, but since then we have just seen nothing. We have seen no production. He lost Jameer Gibbs because he wasn't using him properly. He didn't get him an O line like he was supposed to. And I've already gave him this defense of him, so and I've already criticized him enough. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Clemson. I don't necessarily think that we're gonna see who Clemson really is after this game, but I do expect Clemson to win. All right. Um next, let's talk about Cincinnati Arkansas. Oh, and Spencer Pick Clemson as well. Let's let's talk about Cincinnati Arkansas. This game really is intriguing because it does come down to I mean, it ultimately comes down to <clears throat> do they have a replacement at quarterback? Can they replace Ritter? And 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 I don't right now, I don't think they do. Like I <clears throat> excuse me. I do not think they have. I don't think they have the talent at quarterback to replace him. And right now we're looking at like we're looking at dudes. Maybe maybe Evan Peter, Evan Prater, is going to take over for him. Um, kid who's from Cincinnati actually. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to end up being who's going to end up being the quarterback there. I I know they'll play hard. Okay, like I know that sounds cheesy, and I'm trying to give them you know. Trying to give them a little bit of uh, moral moral victory there, but they're going into Arkansas. Here's the here's the thing though, they're going into Arkansas. They're losing their starting quarterback. They lost um they lost their start their incredible cornerback. Uh, however, their Arkansas is only a six point favorite at home. That just that just tells me that they either know something or they don't believe in Arkansas's in Arkansas's team. Uh, by the way, Spencer picked Pitt, so we both picked Pitt in that regard. Um. Ah, yeah, I, 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 mean, I want to pick Cincinnati for the upset here, but I just think Arkansas being at home, Arkansas doing what, like they're gonna run the ball a gazillion times, and then they're gonna play, they're gonna roll out and play action, and they're gonna throw it deep, deep to Jaden Hazelwood, and. Hazelwood left Oklahoma because of issues or whatever. And KJ Jefferson is one of the best kept secrets in the SEC. He is a good quarterback. He is, he does exactly what he is supposed to do. He reminds me of, of Tommy Frazier in some ways, in some aspects of his game. But I, I like that kid. Um, I will probably I will pick them to beat somebody like big, that they shouldn't later in the year. Um, but I think they win this game, um, maybe handily. I don't know. But I'm just going to pick and win. I don't have to pick the point spread. Praise God. Um, next, Utah versus Florida. Now, I'm going to be honest with you all. A little behind the curtain stuff. I called Spencer yesterday because I you know, I have Utah in my playoff. I picked them in this draft, in my draft, to make the playoff as well. I've been really high on Utah. Um a buddy of mine, I told him that we were doing this draft, and he he said, you know, who's going to be, you know, your second or third pick? And I told him Utah is going to be one of my picks. He's like, man, you really are ready to go down with that ship, aren't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And then and then you go and you you look at everything on paper tells you that Utah should win this game. They're returning they're returning so much on both sides of the ball. They're returning an incredible coaching staff. They're returning again, Cam Rising. A, but then you see that they're only a 3 point favorite on the road at Florida and this should tell us again back to what we were mentioning or what I mentioned earlier Florida is way more talented than their record showed last year to use a phrase from Josh Pate like the whole I, the whole concept that your record shows who you are that's garbage that's just not true cuz not everyone's schedule is the same so your record can't be what tells you the same because it's not standardized you know and so Florida's talent is there. I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson. I'm not sold as far as being this superstar second coming of, of Tebow. That that's all I mean by that. Their offensive line is the issue. Their wide receivers aren't amazing. They can't. They are not great at getting separation. Utah should be able to. Utah should be able to go man to man on them on the outside. Their offensive line. If they still have those offensive line issues, Utah is going to crumble them and put pressure on Richardson all game long. But on the other side of the ball, Florida's defensive line is a problem as well. They don't have a lot of depth. They have some dudes here or there that are going to be good. But Utah has a really good offensive line. <sighs> Everything on paper tells me that Utah's going to win this game. And they probably should win this game. But then you, but then you, you, you think, that, think about it. They're going to the swamp at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night. It's gonna be 81 degrees, and see, that's not even really that humid. I, yeah, man, I, everybody talking about, oh, they can't play in the humidity, bro. It's like 100 degrees over in Utah. It's been like that for like two or three weeks. They know heat. Yeah, they don't. May, they may not know humidity, but it's only gonna be 81 degrees. That that humidity is not gonna be that bad. Um, give me Utah. Spencer picked Utah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it safe. I, I'm gonna pick Utah. I'm gonna stick to my guns. But I'm just gonna say this. I would this is the game that would not surprise me of a different result. The only other game that would probably be more surprising, like if Georgia Tech beats Clemson, I'm be pretty pretty shocked at that. But if Florida beats Utah, like this would not surprise me at all. It, it would not, it should not surprise you if this happens. There are really only two. There're probably only two upsets that would shock me uh, on the slate that I'm going to cover tonight, and this is not one of them. Florida, Florida could win this game. Florida, there's a there's a way that I could easily see them winning. Um, okay, next, the main like one of the main event games of the night. I, I can't remember if this. Yeah, this is the night game, seven thirty, uh, in the Horseshoe. Ohio State hosting Notre Dame. They Ohio State is a seventeen point favorite, and it probably should be more. Um, and and here's why, and this and this goes back to the whole like Notre Dame going to the playoff twice and then going to going to the Natty and getting getting uh stomped each time. Actually, that's not really true. The game against Bama, they held their own. They had one one. They had a ball bounce horribly on them the wrong way in the middle of that game against Bama. This uh in the whatever the latest uh, playoff that they played against them in. And and they held their own. They looked much better than what happened in the in the national championship, where Bama beat the crap out of the team they played. Uh, my point being is that every time Notre Dame has played a team in the playoff or the championship and lost, they played a team who also went and whooped everyone else around them. So, like <laughs> Notre Dame was just a victim of everything else that everyone else was a victim of. So I I, I don't buy into this narrative that. Ohio or Notre Dame can't win a big game. I, I just don't think that's true at all. Uh, I I think that Notre Dame should not have been ranked this high. And again, that's not the, that is not the fault of their own. Um, again, I think uh, I can't I can't remember where I put them in my own in my own rankings because I don't think it's ridiculous um, to have them have them in the top ten. And because I mean I have them in the top ten, um, I just think having them having them, I have them eight. So like, I I think that's pretty fair to have them eight, but having them five is just a little bit too high for me. Um, But they're playing like this goes back to the principle like styles matter in matchups, especially out of conference games like this. This is a matchup nightmare for for Notre Dame. You are not built for this kind of speed. There are Very few teams are, by the way. But Notre Dame lo- losing Kyle Hamilton to the draft, losing uh, stud defensive tackle. Um, I can't remember his name right now, so I'm just going to move on. But Notre Dame also losing losing two wide receivers to the draft but then lo- and the- losing Kieran John- uh, Williams to the draft. And then, man, they lost their number one wide receiver this year to an injury um, a couple weeks ago. Notre Dame is walking into this game with a chip on their shoulder, yeah, and they're walking with a new coach who I think is going to be great for them in the long run. I I really do think, and I'm saying this on August 30th, 2022, if they continue to give Freeman the backing that they're giving him right now, Freeman will win a national title within the next, say, five years. I, I do think it happens. Um, but I also think Notre Dame will be in a conference by then, and so that's going to help them too in the playoff hunt. Um, but I, I, like I already said earlier, I, I just Ohio State just has so much firepower. Uh, the point spread is 17; it should probably be 21. Give me, give me Ohio State, and give them to me big. Um, same for, same for Spencer here. He picks Ohio State. I, I like. I want Notre Dame to win. I'll be cheering for them to win. Um, you know, for definitely for my dad and my brother. But I just think Ohio State is way too talented, and you're playing in the horseshoe week one with a quarterback who is good but is essentially starting his second game for Notre Dame on the road in one of the most hostile environments in the country at night. It just does not bode well for them. uh, But I will say this. On the other side of the coin, to to say how Notre Dame could win this game, you Michigan them. You Oregon them. You line up. You try to bully ball them. You 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 try to see if this defense is as good as as they want it to be with with Knowles coming in as their defense coordinator. And we already talked about this. Ohio State's defense is is a concern of mine, but I do think by the end of the season it won't matter because of how much talent they have. Um, but maybe Notre Dame can shorten the game, bully ball them a little bit. Um, and heck, maybe we're wrong. Maybe maybe their wide receivers are good, and losing the talent they've had, they, they have lost, won't be as, a, as a big of a hindrance. Um, okay, uh, last game to, that we're going to pick. Um, UGA and Oregon. Now, th- this game is very interesting. It's at 3.30. It's supposed to be neutral site. It's 90 minutes from Athens. It is not a neutral site game. It is a it is a Georgia home game essentially. Georgia is a 17 point favorite um, against Oregon. Oregon returns a sick offensive line, a really good um, off, a uh, really good defense, probably the best linebacker tandem in the country in uh, Flo and uh, Sewell, and they've got they've got talent on the outside at wide receiver, but they have Bonics and. You know, Bonix does not have the witchcraft of Auburn Stadium to to help him anymore. But I will say that I do think they have the he has the best wide receiving core he's ever had at Oregon. Also, we have to keep in mind, like Dan Lanning worked at Georgia essentially since George, since Kirby's been at Georgia. There there will be some wrinkle or some benefit that he has early on in that game whether it's for his defense or whether it's for his offense there will be something that works in Oregon's benefit during this game early on in this game that will be a frustration for Georgia. I think I think that Georgia is walking in with an incredible offense and like again to echo what everyone else has said, the best tight end room possibly ever with a Rick Gilbert, Brock Bowers, Donair Washington and a freshman coming in named Oscar Delp. They they are just they are deadly there. Probably probably the best wide receiving core that Georgia's maybe ever had. I didn't say best wide receiver. I'm talking about core as a whole, probably the best best core they've had. Um some of the best like Kenny McIntosh probably Kenny McIntosh might be one of the most talented running backs George has had since Todd Gurley. He's not what Nick Chubb is because Nick Chubb is just a mutant. Um, but I, I think I think he's better than Sonny Michelle. Um, he just doesn't get the production. He just is not. He was not given the ball the way that uh, Sony Michelle was his last two years. Uh, then you got Kendall Milton. You, you've, you've got dudes who can score. And then on defensive side of the ball, already talked about this. I'm a little concerned. Um, about their middle linebackers, them being able to run the ball or throw, throw in the gaps in the middle of the field early on. But I just think as the game goes on, Georgia will find a way. Especially at halftime, Georgia finds a way, wins this game. Spencer also picks Oregon, or I'm sorry, picks Georgia to win. Yeah, I, I think, I think that was good. Um, I went 42 minutes, 43 minutes. Uh, just a couple of things to mention. A few games, just to keep under the radar. If you're wanting to just you know, click over to something else. Um, North Carolina at Appalachian State. We already talked about this. North Carolina's pass defense not looking great. Let's see what happens whenever they play an upgraded, upgraded team from FAMU. Also, they're at home. No, they're at Appalachian State, and they're only a one and a half, or North Carolina's only a one and a half point favorite. Just something to keep your eye on. Um... I think UTSA-Houston is going to be a fun game as well. Um, UTSA should be able to toss that tater, in the words of my boy Spencer, against Houston. Houston's only a four-point favorite in that game as well. Uh, Keep your eye out. Uh, The game that I will be dialed in watching uh, here or there will be BYU at South Florida. I just want to see BYU. BYU is playing a very unique and tough schedule this year. South Florida is not the toughest team, but they're playing at 4 o'clock down in Tampa, Florida with 90-degree heat. There will be humidity down there. They're a twelve point favorite, but I just want to watch them play. Um, and then, and then I think that's about it. I mean, I think Army Coastal Carolina will be fun because Army, like watching Army's offense when it's chugging, is really cool. Coastal Carolina uh, is only a two and a half, is only a two point favorite. That game will be on ESPN plus uh, seven. Like I think you should check that out. Um, and then. You know what? And then, last game, and I'll get out of here, guys. Boise State at Oregon State. Just don't have a lot of information to throw at you other than Oregon State is going to have a possibly really good quarterback this year. They're going to have some solid offensive players, and they're playing a Boise State team that will, I mean, who usually plays incredibly solid defense and likes to play pro-style offense. So... Alright, that's all I got. Um, I went 45 minutes by myself. I hope this wasn't too bad for you. I tried to keep it at a tight pace. I had notes here sitting here for me so I didn't get too derailed even though I kept forgetting people's names. Um, But guys, just thank you so much for listening. I know Spencer says this all the time. I I echo it. Uh, We would not have a show if it wasn't for you guys continuing to listen. So please continue to uh, please, please, please um, like this um, uh, on your on your apps or whatever, please share this though. That, that is how this show continues to grow and get bigger is if you share it, you tell people about it, uh, share on social media, uh, word of mouth also helps mightily and, uh, write a review for us on, uh, whatever app you're listening to us. But anyway, thank you guys so much. Um, I love y'all hope y'all have a great week. Enjoy week one of college football. It's going to be awesome. And just remember it's a rich tradition, two friends, one love, one love, And that is college football. See you in the football. Later.